Sweeping changes to Age of Sigmar. Steam tanks cheap enough that maybe you'll take them? Question mark, don't... I hate this intro. Hello, welcome to the Unsworn Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. We're going to look at the Battle Scroll update for Age of Sigmar today. <laughs> The Battle Scroll is Games Workshop's quarterly update for Age of Sigmar where they change points and they change rules for different units in the game to make it so that the game is more balanced and fair. TM. Does it work? That's a great question. I have been doing this for a long time. I've covered every FAQ and I've covered every Battle Scroll and FAQ points update that Games Workshop have done. I've even protested when they haven't done updates. My experience from this often is that the points changes are fairly nominal. Rules changes are huge. And seeing as we're about to go into a new edition of Age of Sigmar, thanks to the release of the GHB, which I've done a full breakdown video of, which you can go back and watch, those are probably going to have more of an impact on the game than these point changes will. However, the point Points changes do mean that you might be able to build slightly different armies, which is going to be quite important. And you can potentially do some fun meme lists, which is honestly the main point of looking at the points changes. So let's dive straight into the changes. And as always, thank you to everyone on the Oswald Gamer Patreon who supports me so I can create content like this. First bit to look at in the FAQ changes is a change to the Daughters of Cain secondaries. The only change when it comes to rules in this update is that Daughters of Cain will no longer score bonus points for their secondaries. This is quite important because it brings them slightly closer to parity to a lot of the other secondaries which in Age of Sigmar are called battle tactics. However, as we've talked about on many shows, the battle tactics in Age of Sigmar are not equal. Some armies have much easier to achieve battle tactics that they can score more consistently. Therefore, the use of battle tactics in tournaments is kind of a great conversation that we've had a lot and will continue to do so. The other update in the points, but we're going to kind of cover this now, is that loads of units changed by five points. So there are no longer any five-point units. I think it was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, where Games Workshop changed some of their pointing for different units into five-point increments. Traditionally, since Age of Sigmar's very first launch, it's been round numbers, so 10, 20, 30, 100, 200. But two years ago, they changed it to five-point increments, and now they've changed it back. So there's nothing anymore that has a five-point increment, which kind of makes a lot of sense. As I said earlier, the points changes being 10 or 20 points sometimes don't make a ton of difference unless you're taking loads of those units. Effectively, look at it like this. If I can get a whole new unit into my army, then the points changes have been enough. However, if you've added 10 points to one unit and taken 10 points away from another unit so that my list remains exactly the same, then you haven't really done much in the game. So I won't be covering the five point increments at all because they don't really do much, to be honest. And Games Workshop have recognized that and have effectively done away with it, which I really think is a great thing. Apart from Gotrek, Gotrek went now five points. So he's basically broken. I hated that. Five points more expensive, trash. He would have been worthless. But five points cheaper, get your Gotreks out. Which is not something I often say, get your Gotreks out, but I may, might start saying it more. Okay, onto the points. And I'm only going to really look at the stuff that I think has changed how an army is going to play. Every Monday on the Age of Sigmar Stat Center, I go through all of the tournament lists that have done well over the weekends. I also work in conjunction with the T Sports Stats team. 
can't say that three times fast. And therefore, I keep up to date with roughly how armies are doing. And so some, in some cases, five-point changes aren't, or five or even ten-point changes aren't going to do much. But if I've missed a change that you think is super important, then do leave it in the comments below because I'm super interested to learn every time. And the spells are a generic thing that everyone can take. So looking at the point changes for them is quite important. The one that really surprised me is that there is no point changes to chronomantic cogs. This is an endless spell that lets you reroll casts for wizards wholly within 12 inches. A really useful spell in the Disciple of Zinch army because every cast you do is a fate point which is they use for summoning. Also useful on the gash because he doesn't want to miscast. I've recorded this like three times. Don't miscast with the gash. Have some cogs. Do more arcane bolts. Just like bam, 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 bam. They did put Horogast up 30 points. Now, I think actually this is quite an interesting conversation. When the game launched and we looked through all the endless spells, and there's a video you can go back and watch that I did, I talked about how incredibly powerful Horogast is. It means you can't use the Inspiring Presence command ability within 12 inches, not wholly within, just within 12 inches. And if anything runs away, D3 more run away. This is really huge. And Games Workshop have finally recognized that because the player base have recognized that. It's been utilized loads by loads of different armies to really punch into their opponents. Why this is actually quite interesting is because while they've increased the points here, they've actually hard-written a load of rules like this into a lot of new War Scrolls and Battle Tomes, which is honestly quite interesting. Mega Gargants, while not doing particularly well at the moment, do have the Terror rule, so you can't use Inspiring Presence near them. And you can also utilize some Slaves to Darkness units to do something very similar. So I quite like this because we know that Games Workshop writes their rules that are lag, so there might be a load of like Bravery or Inspiring Presence stopping rules that are coming out. So Horogast being more expensive doesn't feel like a loss to those arms Armies, but does definitely feel like a loss to some other armies at 70 points. Ravenac Session Jaws also went up 10 points. It's just a good spell that does some mortal wounds. Like I say, 10 points isn't really a thing, uh, but it went up 10 points. There you go. First up is Cities of Sigmar. Now, a load of points changes in this army, and it's got to be one of the most internally imbalanced book in the game. There are loads of units for this army, but loads of them are just rubbish. However, there are some real big winners, and some of them didn't change points, which is actually kind of a win. CC Sigma had a 49% win rate in the last GHB. The Battle Mage, specifically the Battle Mage from Gur, which gives you pluses to your move and charge, didn't change points, and loads of Sylvaneth players will be super happy about that. The really fun thing that happened is they reduced the points both on the Steam Tank Commander and the Steam Tanks. They reduce them just enough that you can have the steam tank commander being your general, and when he's your general, that, that means the steam tanks become battle line. This means they lose the battlefield role behemoth, which you can normally only take four of, and instead you can have ten steam tanks. So one steam tank at the front, well, steam tank commander, of course, you need someone to lead the charge, and then 10 steam tanks. My friend Kirioth, who has a YouTube channel, likes to run this list or has been thinking about this for a long time. And he often asks me, should I run this list? Like maybe you're thinking as well. And the answer is, you would be the coolest kid at the party but it would be a useless party to be at. But I absolutely love that Games Workshop have done the math on this, and they've made it exactly right that you can take 10 steam tanks and a steam tank commander with those points reductions. So I think that's really cool as well. The other one that's a significant-ish change, I guess, is 20 points on the free guild general on Griffin. He's a pretty good fighty monster and a leader for an army, and can use a lot of the command traits and artifacts in the book, and it's pretty good. 20 points cheaper is great. Another nice change is that the Dispossessed Hammerers went down 15 points for a unit of 10. It's quite a significant points reduction for a unit that is 130 points now. The Hammerers are always going to have a mobility issue in the game, just because they're movement 4, but 
being 130 points is good. Might mean you can take loads of hammerers in a dispossessed force. You don't generally tend to see lots of dispossessed in armies anyway. Iron Drakes being the most popular unit that you see in the Cities of Sigmar army because you're able to shoot quite effectively with that unit, especially if you use the endless spell, the bridge. Overall, some meme changes to the Cities of Sigmar, which is a book that probably doesn't have a lot of life left in it because we have the upcoming Dawnbringer Crusade. Yeah, I always think it's Burning Crusade, but it's Dawnbringer Crusade, which is a new kind of Cities of Sigmar, Humans of the Mortal Realms update that's coming in the summer, sometime around then. Next up, Daughters of Cain. Daughters of Cain had a 54% win rate from the last GHB, which is pretty good. Most famous list that they used was obviously Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Marathi capitalizing on being able to use her command ability to make the Bow Snakes, which was a unit of 15 Bloodstalkers, shoot twice. Normally, this would be accompanied by two units of five Fighty Snakes and sometimes some Heart renders or some shadow stonkers. There were other versions of Daughters of Cain lists that did really well. There were some all avatar builds, which were super fun. And there was also obviously lots of witch elf builds using the high gladiatrix. This might be why we saw Marathi go up 20 points. And yet we didn't see the bow snakes go up any points at all, which to me, if I was a Daughters of Cain player, would be a pure win. They did put Blood Sisters up, which are the fighty snakes up by 10 points, which is fine, I guess, really. Like, again, these 10-point changes don't make it enough that you can't run that list. So Daughters of Cain can play like how they've always played, which is great for them. I think some people are going to think maybe the, the Marathi 20-point uh, hike feels like it's just a slap in the face for no real reason. Yeah, like, it kind of seems to come from nowhere. I don't think plus 20 points on Marathi does anything to Marathi. Um, maybe just gives you a little less utility in what you can take inside of your list. Seems arbitrary. I definitely would have put more points up on the Bow Snakes. Fire Slayers had a 47% win rate in the last General's Handbook, and they were mainly lists that operated around using Magma Droths. Normally you had an Auric Runefather on a Magma Droth, and then three of his sons on other Magma Droths. Sometimes it was two Rune Sons, sometimes it was three, all kind of changed around a little bit, and none of those have changed points. I guess the biggest change to this is that Hearthguard Berserkers have gone down 10 points. This is... Okay, but the real big bonus to Hearthguard Berserkers, which were previously a Galician veteran unit, is that there are no longer bounty hunters out there doing plus one damage against them. So if I was a Fire Slayers player, I'd be feeling pretty happy about these changes. The list that I was already running hasn't got any worse, and my units are just naturally better now thanks to there being no bounty hunters. So I think it's a win for the Fire Slayers. Idleth Deepkin had a 48% win rate in the last General Sandbook, and I think that they are a real winner in this Battle Scroll update. The big news, top line, is that Leviadon, so the turtle, went down 4 40 points. 500 to 460 points feels like a very good significant change. It's one of the most significant changes I've seen Games Workshop ever make, which is actually huge. I don't think it's enough points. I'd like to see the turtle maybe even cheaper than that, mainly because I think it's so effective in the game for the Ideneth Deepkin army. Another win for the army is that the Eilon, the aspect of the storm, has gone down 35 points. This was often taken an army with something like an arcane tome, but was always outclassed by the Slap King, which was the Achillean King, and he would take the arcane tome to give him flaming weapons on his big polearm attack. I think the problem for the aspect of the storm is as long as the Slap King is available to the players, they're going to take that incredibly mobile and outputty unit. However, 35 points makes him a little bit more competitive in that role and interesting unit to take. Volturnus also got 20 points cheaper and he's really fun to run alongside an Achillean King to overlap their buffs to each other. So 20 point reduction is quite fun for people who wanted to run the two Kings. 
The big win, though, for Ainet Deepkin is but the Ishlin and the Morsar guard, or the fighty guard, and also the defensive eels have gone down 15 points. If you're new to Age of Sigmar, you might not know, but at one point we had a real eel problem in the game. And 180 points for three Morsar guard makes them very competitive. We already saw lists doing well in the UK and also over in Norway, running a big unit of nine. So there's already a 45 point saving on that unit and you can still take more Morsar, which is quite interesting. I got to say that I don't can feel like they've done really, really well out of this version of uh, the Battle Scroll. And if I was them, I'd be feeling like I was not sinking. Maybe I would feel like I'm rising to the top. I don't lists last edition were very much different across the board. They were a mixed bag of armies. You had Reaver spam, which was just loads of Reavers shooting a ton. Because 30 Reavers, when you charge them, are a scary unit to do Unleash Hell into. You saw all Alapex builds, and then you just saw kind of a mixture between all of those different varieties. The heavily featured unit, though, was the Achillean King. He just buffed up and went in, and he didn't go up points, so he's got to feel really good about that. Character and Overlords are sat at a 50% win rate in the last General's Handbook, and honestly, not many changes really to talk about in this Battle Scroll update. The Navigator and the Admiral both went up 15 points. Brock, the name character, came down 40 points in an edition where name characters aren't as useful because they're not Galician champions. I did quite find the Endrin Riggers going down 10 points quite useful because you could take more and more of them. But the traditional character on Overlords build that we've seen running recently has been a Ironclad with 15 Thunderers and some Admirals and then dropping a Purple Sun or a Rune of Petrification on the army using the Zilfin pregame move. I don't see that changing. What's not Brock, don't fix it. Because his name Brock. He's, he's Bro Lumineth Realm Lords are my pick for the best Age of Sigmar 3 army this General's Handbook. Last General's Handbook, they had a 51% win rate. And they have had a bit of a nerf applied to them in this Battle Scroll update because the Mountain Men were too strong. Games Workshop have always favoured dainty elves. And at one point in the LRL book, they wrote in some doughty, powerful, almost dwarven-like elves in the Stone Guard. The Stone Guard list has been doing particularly well. A unit of 15, two units of 5, unit of 10, two units of 10, two units of 5, all with the Stone Mage and Avlanor. And all of them went up points. The Stone Mage went up 10 points, Avlanor went up 20 points, and then the Stone Guard went up 10 points per 5. This just means the list becomes a little bit more expensive, which is a bit of a shame because it was a very thematic list, and again, it never really capped over something that was too strong, didn't get into anywhere near over 55% win rate. So it feels like a little bit unnecessary, especially when the new GHB, you're going to get a massive uptick in all of the Aurelin units because they no longer suffer from being bounty hunted. However, there are a couple of stonks in this update, specifically the Lord Regent, which you'd already see featured in a lot of lists, went down 10 points. Add to this that we've seen Hurricane Wind Charges go down 20 points, and actually it looks like we're going to see Sentinels and a lot of shooting coming back from this Luminous Realm Lord's army. Technus also didn't change points as well, and I find that a little bit odd when we saw an increase to Marathi. Marathi got more expensive just because she's used a lot, and Teclis is used all the time. So I found that odd that it didn't change. Not that I think he necessarily needs any points changes, but I thought that was an odd kind of weird juxtaposition. That's not the word. That's not the word, Rob. Parity, no. 
Damn it! The Rune of Petrification also went up 20 points, and this is a legitimately a really solid Endless spell, and works really well in conjunction with the other AoE damage that can come out of Techless, and also the Realm spell. I think LRL are set to be one of the strongest armies in the new version of the General's Handbook, and so I'd be interested in what you all think about the points changes here. Everyone's army they love to hate, it's Seraphon. Sat at a 54% win rate, they were very successful in the less General's Handbook, and the General's Handbook before that, and the General's Handbook before that and then maybe even the general's handbook before that and so we've got even more gradual creeping nerfs being applied to the seraphon army salamanders went up an additional 10 points and while it's not a big deal that they're 150 points it's quite funny that they originally started out at 80 i didn't even really see many salamanders in this version of age of sigmar the past six months really didn't see many of them in the top lists however i did see a lot of engine of the gods which has gone up another 15 points this is easily at 300 points still probably the most cost efficient war scroll in all of age Sigmar. It can be a wizard, priest, totem, monster, all at the same time, that heals, spawns units, and does AoE damage. Oh, it's great in melee. Oh, it can shoot. Literally nothing it can't do for 300 points. Later on, I'm going to talk about how Godrat went down points, and they're just not the same. You would take an engine of the gods at 500 points, and probably not Godrak at 300 points. The Bastilladon with the Ark of Sotek went up 15 points, and the Bastilladon with the Solar Engine went up 10. This is quite important because both of those two are very tanky, like, pinning units in an army. And ultimately, the Ark of Sotek Basilidon was just way too cheap and fulfilled its role really successfully. So not massive changes to Seraphon. However, Seraphon, I think, you could do pretty well this edition. They've got the ability to deal with ranged characters, and their Galician champions are legitimately pretty good. However, there have been gradual and constant nerfs and points increases to Seraphon over the past two years, which is kind of fun, because I'm sure they're due a new book in the summer, so they're just going to get maybe to an average playing level as we get to their new book. The biggest roster, the Stormcast Eternals, the poster boys of the game have had some points changes. I'm not sure how I feel about them, to be honest. Stormcast Eternals were sat at a 49% win rate, and they had a variety of different lists that performed really well last edition. Dragons were really, really popular and haven't changed points, which is really excellent for all the Dragons players. Obviously, the dragons I'm talking about are the Stormdrake Guard. You would often see a unit of four or three units of two. Very, very popular, very successful, and really good. Yet, not so over the top that we saw them win every event all the time. So while maybe I would have liked to have seen a few points changes, I don't know how much you would have been able to change it without maybe making it not accessible to play them as a unit. So they're probably fine where they are. Long strikes or Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows also didn't change points, which is also a really big win for Stormcast Eternal players, especially in the edition where you want to be shooting Galician champions at range. However, if you're a Stormcast player, don't be patting yourself on the back too soon. Garda Steel Soul went up 20 points. He was used a lot because of his ability to dish out a five-up ward aura, and honestly, 20 points isn't going to change how effectively he does that. We've also seen Formulators go up. 10 points, and this is pretty nutty. Formulator's output is just absolutely crazy if you do the math on it. I'm sure there is a threshold where Formulators are too expensive for what they do, but plus 10 points isn't really going to be that threshold. However, there is a load of winning points changes in the Stormcast Eternals Battle Scroll update. I think my favorite not that it's particularly good, is the Vanguard Raptors with Hurricane Crossbows. The ability to dish out a lot of shots is quite a fun little change, and they've gone down 30 points for Unit 3. Unfortunately, they're just not as good as Long Strikes, but 
Really fun that they're down. Cheap enough that I at least looked at their wash roll for another go. Some crazy points reductions are for Paladors. They went down 15 points. Well, that's really only kind of a 10-point change. Paladors were already very effective in the game. And being able to use them in Cities of Sigmar armies for 15 points cheaper is going to make my friend here in the UK, Freddy, really happy. Another fun change, I don't know if it's an effective change, is as we saw Dracoline riders go down to... So these are evocators on Dracoline go down to the same price that former are now are so i guess they're both competing for best in slot at that role which is heavy cavalry i still think formulators really have it in the bag but it's nice to see them slowly starting to make those evocators on dracoline competitive or at least competitively priced because they've languished in being just really pretty models for a very long time in fact there's a really good conversation we can have sometime looking at formulators versus paladors versus evocators on dracoline and how while very similar in what they all do they're very very different the knight venator went down 35 points which is fine, but I still probably am not going to take it. Lord Arcanum on Torland that went down 35 points, which is legitimately a great points reduction for that unit. I still don't think you're going to overly take it because the spells you have available really to Stormcast are fine to middle in. However, I keep thinking about that realm spell and thinking about cheap wizards to maybe do it with, and Lord Arcanum is getting cheaper and better as time goes on. There were a load of other small points reductions on a bunch of different heroes as well, and there might be room for a big deep dive on all those changes and those internal balance changes as an example last battle scroll update we saw vigilers go down a little bit which meant because they're battle line you're able to take more storm drake guard in them so this is just going to be a case of running a bunch of numbers on a bunch of different lists to see what fits in the army what's important for the stormcast army is their law relictor has gone up five points which isn't particularly much which is nice not to have such an aggressive nerf applied to it if i was a stormcast player i'd be pretty happy because i probably currently own a bunch of dragons and long strikes and then my list options have just widened with things like dracolines and also paladors silverdeath are a big winner from this war scroll update they have a battle tome that came out in 2022 which was effectively a rewrite of their battle tome which was released in the second edition which was very very unsuccessful this rewrite was generally received with a lot of praise by people like me and i think it was a pretty good book. However, they only ever achieved a 48% win rate, which means that it was kind of pitched perfectly. But I feel like Sylvaneth players have felt like they've never been able to punch through into those 5-0 brackets. And there's a bunch of reasons why. And hopefully these big points reductions will change them up. First, we'll start off with the Lady of Vines, who went down 35 points. The Lady of Vines going down 35 points is fine because she's able to, around her, produce a slightly different foot-slogging army versus the teleporting armies, which we traditionally saw. Mainly, the list that we saw involved summoning more trees and then teleporting units through it using things like the Spite Swarm Hive and then maybe even an allied Battle Mage of Gur so that you get those charges in and then you strike and fade away. While an effective strategy, it never really dominated the top tables. So the Lady of Vines giving you another way to build this army is actually quite exciting. Speaking of putting trees on the board, the Tree Lord Ancient, who can put a tree on the board for you, or Wildwoods, sorry, the trees, I mean Wildwoods, is an effective points reduction of 30 points. This is great because you want to have a Tree Lord Ancient in your army anyway, so minus 30 points is really good and lifts your list, list up. Durthu down 20 points and then Tree Lords down 30 points means that if you know the Tree Lord spam list that was run by Simon at LGT, which I've talked about a lot on the show, this has got competitively cheaper. Enough that you've got like 130 points spare for a list, which is truly exciting. It's not a 5-0 army by any stretch of the imagination, but it's an incredibly cool big monster list and the fact that it's got cheaper is really cool. 
Goshamid's got 10 points cheaper, and they legitimately might be a really good choice now in the new General's Handbook. Spike Revenants went down 15 points as well, and they're quite good, especially if you take them in the double deep strike sub-faction, and Hunters with Scythes went up 10 points, which is fine and not really a big deal. You're either taking six Hunters with Scythes or you're not. Sylvaneth are a really interesting book. It takes a lot of skill to be able to get the most out of that army, and then it seems like the most you can get out of that army is a 4-1. However, these points reductions have meant that you can maybe build two different archetypes of army and I'm really interested to see what Silver Death players think of the points updates. Chaos next and on to Beasts of Chaos. They have a 59% win rate in the last GHB and are the most successful army last GHB. And there are no points changes and this is okay because we very much think that the Beasts of Chaos book is literally days away from being announced and on order. That means if the book is roughly the same then it's going to be a very strong book but if the book is a complete rewrite like we talked about with Sylvaneth last year then that does mean that it's going to be wildly different and so the points changes is okay. Next up plays the Corn, who are sat at a 48% win rate. At one point they were doing really badly and I think everyone who plays Corn has really been working very hard to push those stats as high as possible and they've had some major points reductions which is kind of interesting. Blood Warriors went down 30 points from 190 to 160 points which is just crazy. That might be one of the biggest points reductions I've seen on a small infantry unit like Blood Warriors and actually is quite interesting for a corn army. Skull Cannons went down 20 points and while Skull Cannons aren't particularly good, at 110 points they get to do a thing that I call keeping an enemy honest. Corn's pretty much a mid-board combat army. Doesn't have the ability to necessarily reach out first, turn an alpha strike or attack your army like an Iron Jaws army would. So instead they tend to trade off in the mid-board using clever mechanics and blood tithe, which doesn't really make a lot of sense for a corn army. But the good thing about something as like a skull cannon being 110 points, it means you can take pot shots, which means your opponent, I guess, has to take it seriously and therefore maybe has to move towards you a little bit more aggressively. Listen, I don't think they're great. I'm just saying the points reduction good and having something that utilizes that ability to make your opponent have to move is really useful in what is a slower combat force. Other changes are Korgrath's going down 20 points and while they're not good that's super cool and I actually quite like that but I mean it's not useful. Skull Reapers went down 15 points and at this point I honestly think that's just to mess with me. There was a moment when they went down 10 points in one of the updates for no real reason at all that anyone can ever explain and I still lay awake at night thinking about it a lot. The Corn Army, traditionally, this GHB has operated as a meat shield for Scarbrand. Everything has been geared towards making it so Scarbrand, or what we call a Boom Thurster, or a Blood Thurster of Incensant Rage, can do a load of AoE mortal wound damage into the opposing army. It's quite a cool playstyle and works really well, especially when the game is very melee orientated. And with things like the Bounty Hunter battle Battalion, then you could see why it was. However, we're about to go into an edition where maybe shooting becomes more prevalent, and therefore I feel like the Corn Army maybe suffers. The Blood Warrior reduction is significant though and we might have just seen a new archetype being built out of this corn force and I'm actually genuinely excited to see what corn players come up with. There were some nominal points changes to the Disciples of Zinch army. Disciples of Zinch had a 53% win rate in the last GHB and they did get a new battle tome halfway through. The lists have pretty much centered around Kairos and Pink Horrors but there have been a variety of different lists with multiple Enlightened, even multiple Skyfires, Zangor, all you being really useful. There are summoning builds and there are also kind of aggro damage builds. 
the biggest change points-wise in this battle scroll update is the 10-point change for Screamers of Zinch. Now, that might not seem like a big deal on what is effectively a frontline kind of chaff unit, but they're very mobile and were very useful for scoring battle tactics. And that 10 points will really hurt. However, the big change for Zinch is that Bounty Hunters have gone away and those gibbering pink horror idiots didn't change points and they're going to be able to block up the board very nastily. Next up is one of the worst performing factions, the Hedonites of Sinesh. There's loads of conversation about what's wrong with the Hedonites of Sinesh book, but thankfully Games Workshop has recognized that it is a poor book and they've done what we call the race to the bottom. They've just started dropping points on everything in the hope that maybe something works. Like I said at the top of the show, really it's a points change and a new book is needed to make the Sinesh book really make a lot of sense. But heck, why not just reduce a load of the units, a load of points and see what happens. I'd like to say I know what Sinesh list did really well last GHB, but, but I didn't see any. Keeper Secrets went down 30 points, which is cool and quite nice. Chillaxi Hellbane went down 25 points. And that is actually interesting but then you remember that her soul piercer weapon only has one attack that does d6 damage and you immediately forget about her for the until the new ghp or the new i don't know baltome or till time ends or until i forget how to play or read bliss pop seekers and slick blade seekers both went down points as well and these are kind of okay units they're not bad they're not best in slot definitely versus other units in other armies in that category but for slash army Quite nice. The Exalted Braving a Chariot went down 35 points. Dexessa went down 40 points. And then Sinessa went down 20 points. I don't know what to tell you. You're just reducing the points on stuff. You're not creating new armies or new archetypes. It's just stuff's just getting cheaper. So I really hope that these work for the Sinesh players. Like, I really want to know what Sinesh players are thinking about this update. Do they like it? Are they happy? I'd just be hoping for a new book sometime soon if I were them. Megakin and Nurgle are sat at a 53% win rate for the last GHB, and they had a little bit of a nerf halfway through, specifically to those Pusco Blight Lords. They haven't been touched this time around, and instead, Games Workshop have feel that they've hit them right at the right level points-wise, which I kind of agree with to be honest and then they've decided to try and build up other archetypes inside the book by reducing things like the glockin down by 50 points i mean he did start out at 750 points but using his blitzkrieg ability you might be able to use more of the blight kings especially now bounty hunters have gone away and they won't suffer from that plus one damage the strength of an ogle army is in its resilience and its ability to push forward so the glockin being cheaper and being able to push forward those infantry units at least builds maybe a slightly different archetype or an archetype we already seen being played last edition therefore it's just a little bit cheaper and maybe more successful i mean really every time i've talked about anything in this bounty hunters going away really opens up new army builds Puskal bite lords for example aren't as good because they can no longer be bounty hunters and have that additional damage that doesn't mean they're not good they're still great but this does mean that some of these armies are going to change around significantly the great and clean one went down 15 points and rotigus went down 35 points this is good some of the bigger guys going down some points especially because they're competing with the Magoth Lords, and they were incredibly popular. Blow, Morbid X, and the other one, whatever his name is. They were the most common units that we saw in the book. Pusco Blight Lords, the Magoth Lords were super common. So it feels like Games Workshop have thought, we've got Nurgle to where we want them to be. Let's just try and build the diversity in those lists, which is pretty cool.
Whilst Skaven got a new battle tome last year, they're sat on a 47% win rate. That new battle tome wasn't really much than a re-edit of the last battle tome. They have some very difficult to achieve battle tactics inside their book, so it's a book that really needs a little bit of help, especially as it's really an Age of Sigmar 2 book pretending to be an Age of Sigmar 3 book. Games Workshop seems to have recognised this, with some big points reductions on what we consider to be some of the iconic pieces in a Skaven book. The Greyseer on Screaming Bell went down 45 points, which is a significant reduction for that unit. This makes it 280 points, and the thing to compare it to is an Engine of the Gods for Seraphon. And I know I shouldn't really compare something that's utterly insane to something else, but it really gives you some indication of kind of what the width is. Screaming Bell is 20 points cheaper than the Engine of the Gods, and the Engine of the Gods is just a lot better. This doesn't mean the Screaming Bell isn't going to be really good inside the Skaven Force, and that's again a significant points reduction for that army. I just don't know if it's going to make it in especially as it needs support from the units around it to be able to move across the board. The Plague Furnace went down by 35 points, and very much like the Screaming Bell, it's going to try and make it into lists. It already made it into a few lists in the last edition, and you can combo it really nicely with the absolutely outrageous output sensor bearers. A big win for me is the Hellpit Abomination went down 35 points, and this is pretty fun. It's not the best unit in the game, but it's cheaper, which is cool, I guess, and I quite like that. They're very expensive if you buy them on Games Workshop, but the Squire Acolytes went down five points, and I know I said I wasn't going to talk about five-point changes, but Squire Acolytes are so cheap for how much output they have. I feel like you can definitely MSU a couple of Squire Acolytes into your army, just for potentially killing all sorts of stuff. Some of the most common units in Skaven armies were things like Thanquol, which did go up 15 points. It's not really that much of a change on top of Thanquol. And the Verminal Deceiver also went up 15 points as well. So they recognised the units that were taken a lot, but they made a very nominal change to them. I don't think those 15 points are going to change how it, they work at all. A bigger change to Thanquol would have been changing how much Lacquan the Soul Seeker could cost to take. Skaven is a book that I find challenging and have found challenging ever since it was released, and I'm still not sure exactly how to make it work. I do look at some of the elements and it just looks so fragile on paper. And that's why people who've done really well with it, like Jacob Brandon over in the USA, have been able to have very, very good success with it, but never been able to exactly hit that 5-0 until recently. It's just a book you've got to do a lot of work with. And these points changes, I think, aren't going to necessarily change that. Square Acolytes are 70 points for five. Just get them. I mean, don't get the games rich ones, obviously, but like, wow. Brandon too. The Saves and Artists have just had their new Battle Tome, which is now out, I think, and therefore no points changes for the Saves to Darkness, and they're a great army. So good. By Chosen, beat stuff up. Great army. Moving on to the Death Grand Alliance, and Nagash has gone down 55 points. Seeing as you can run Nagash in all of the different armies, it's worth talking about. This brings him down to 900 points, which is an effective point reduction. And Nagash is really, really interesting as a unit. I think he's very, very effective, but swingy, which is kind of makes sense for a god character. Ultimately, when you're giving up so many points, you're giving up board control and presence. However, you are playing in the death sub-faction. You've got access to a lot of infantry, which Nagash can surround himself with or use to have board control. I've seen some very competent Nagash lists run last year in the last General Sandbook, and I think Nagash, especially with his ability to cast multiple arcane bolts, is going to be really effective into things like Legion champions because you might not be able to target them with spells but you can definitely do it with a big old magic fireball i've never really liked using god characters though and the people that do seem to think nagash isn't that great i'd love to know what you think about this particular one nagash is one that's got me a little bit stumped but i think ultimately 55 point reduction 
pretty good. Flesh Eater Courts, which previously ran all sorts of flair-based lists, have had a big points reduction. Like I said, at the top of the show, or when I was talking about Corn, last edition was very much combat-centric. Some of the big units and armies that were doing really well were very fighty. Beast of Chaos and Nurgle, for example, had limited to no shooting. Therefore, things like Corn were able to fight back and do really well. And it's the same for Flesh Eater Courts, who've got some really fighty units in their book. They're also able to use their allegiance ability in summoning to score battle tactics quite early. So a pretty good book, but a slightly older book. It needs an update, and we're pretty certain it's getting a whole bunch of new models and minis in the summer. So I'll be looking forward to that. That doesn't mean Flesh Eater Courts aren't usable right now, and these points reductions and changes, which are fairly nominal in my opinion, don't change how the lists currently work, and we're going to be looking at those lists and doing some interviews at that at a later stage. Nighthorn have a 50% win rate, and that is, in my opinion, about to skyrocket. Now, that's not because any of the points changes in the Battle Scroll update. That's specifically because Bounty Hunters has gone away. I know, broken record, but it's going to be really good for an army that's already reducing damage down by one. The Nighthorn armies were varied, but they were pretty commonly Bladegeist Revenants in Scarlet Doom. You'd almost always see a Krugas Cruciator as well. We didn't see a lot of the other characters. Things like Alrak wasn't something we saw a lot of. Alinda made it into some lists, but not many. It was those Bladegeist Revenants that did really well, but there were other archetype builds which were super fun. Some people were taking a lot, and I mean a lot, of Hex Wraiths and moving up the board and creating what we call a pinning army and stopping your opponent from moving into the midboard. And the truly crazy people were taking loads and loads of Haradins, ignoring ward saves and just doing a lot of attacks. Two units that we saw very little of were the Black Coach and the Coven Throne Guard. Now, the Black Coach has gone down 45 points. Black Coach is a very interesting piece because they know how to build strong cavalry units. You only need to look at the Stormstrike Chariot. For Stormcast Eternals or something like the Exalted Bladebringer Chariot or even the new Chariot updates that they've done for the Slaves to Darkness. However, as a buff piece, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't fit the same role as something like a Coven Throne does and it's still not quite as fighty as you might see for something like one of those pre-mentioned chariots. So I'm not really sure what to make of the Black Coats point reduction. There is a really fun list where you run four Black Coaches and use each Black Coach's ability to generate points for the other Black Coach to power it up to keep doing damage. Maybe it's a gimmick, I don't know. Maybe at 45 points cheaper, which is 180 points for that list, might be a significant enough change that it's a list that you want to run. I don't think I'm sold yet, but interested to see. Hex Race went up 10 points, so that will change the archetype a little bit. And Blade Guys Revenants went up five points, but a nominal change. We need to talk about the Craven Throne Guard, or as they're known, the Crossboos. Previously, a unit of five was 115 points, and now they're 90 points. 90 points gets them into what we call spammable territory. And with the ability to rally on a five up and a good armor save that's unrendable, you can keep putting lots of these wounds and lots of these shots on the board and building a quite interesting board denial list. Also, you can tie into the allegiance ability that you get for Nighthorn, where every charge applies a debuff. So multiple small units or MSU units of Craven Throne Guard will only do, will do damage, control the board state, and also be able to apply debuffs so your big hitting units can go in and do all of the damage. 
I think Nighthaunt are in a great place this edition. I'd be surprised if we didn't see them go up in win rate, but it depends if people decide to use them. OCR Bone Reapers have got a 42% win rate in the last GHB, so not doing particularly well, especially as they haven't gained access to any of the generic command abilities in Age of Sigmar 3. I really would have liked to have seen them just FAQ'd in to be able to use things like redeploy or all-out defense or all-out attack. Instead, there's an odd RDP conversation and it's clearly not working because their win rate is reflecting that. This doesn't mean that people haven't built lists that have done really well in Age of Sigmar. We've seen two units of nine stalkers do incredibly well, which is a really weird and interesting list. The point changes in the battle scroll aren't going to do anything to change their game, though. We've seen a small points reduction on Death Riders and a small points reduction on Catacross. Again, I know, I've said it again, the biggest change for these guys is they normally would take a load of more tech guard and now Bounty Hunters isn't available so maybe they'll do a little bit better. Soulblight Gravelords, who had a 48% win rate last GHB, didn't really have any points changes that we're talking about, but also didn't have any points nerfs, which is also a positive. Graveguard didn't get any points changes, and they were very common in the list, which was very, very good. Obviously, Necromancers and Manfred was super popular. And Manfred did go up 20 points, which is a bit of an increase, I guess. Soulblight Gravelords have got so many other little units they can take in all of those slots that you can just jiggle some points around and get the list that you previously wanted to run. Lists that are doing well before were units of Blood Knights and Neferata making unrendable big monstrous cavalry at the front of the army and then Graveguard coming from the back of the field and being able to pile an attack twice and do a load of damage. Manfred featured in lots of lists and was very, very useful. And so I think, again, with Bounty Hunters gone away, Soulblight Gravelords in a good spot. Maybe even better than some other armies because their Galician champions are going to be able to pass wounds off to things like dogs and skeleton warriors, etc. Gloomspite Gits got no points changes and that's because the Bad Moon is on its way. Also because they're perfect in every single way. They currently have a 37% win rate and that's exactly how the Gloomspite Gits players like them to be. I think they describe their army as holding the rest of Age of Sigmar on their shoulders. They've been one of the worst performing armies for over two years and so we're really hoping their new battle tome does a lot to improve the quality of that army. Okay, on to the big meta choice. I can't believe I'm saying that. Ogamore tribes. They had some nominal changes to their units in the points update, but the most important points changes are obviously going to be the Iron Blasters went up 30 points per Iron Blaster. The book hasn't been out particularly long, but they've already caused a storm on the tabletops. Four Iron Blasters ruining the day of many people. And so a four Iron Blaster list going up 120 points is a good and positive thing for the health of the game. I was unable to put some armies on the tabletop because I thought there's just no way they would be able to take out Iron Blasters. However, Noblars also went up 20 points. And this is kind of like a funny moment in Age of Sigmar where me and the rest of the community have memed a little bit too hard about the Noblars being the menace. I really don't think they need to be 120 points you could have just changed their special rule so that it only does d3 mortal wounds in the movement phase however the great news is frostland on stone horns are not any more expensive and this means this army is probably as effective as it ever was ogres is a great book and i think ogres is going to continue to be a great book in the next edition next up is the uruk war clans which is distinctly for different armies we haven't seen much from bone splitters since we saw all of the big stabbers get nerfed pretty heavily they've pretty much dropped off the competitive map iron jaws have had no change to gore grunters and therefore they're as good an army as they're ever going to be however some nice changes are the 10 points down from gut rippers this takes them to a fairly competitive 150 points for the 20 wounds that you get but they also are a very 
fighter unit and could do a lot of damage. So kind of a glass cannon unit with a bunch of wounds. I'd really like to see this unit just get a 4-up armor save over any more points reductions. That would really up the efficacy of the unit. The only other big change, I guess, to the whole Uruk roster is that Godrak came down 40 points. This is a significant change on a very insignificant war scroll. Unfortunately, he just doesn't seem to have the effectiveness that lots of other units in this roster do, and so Godrak's just going to stay where he is for a long time. Last but not least is the big lads, the Sons of Behemoth. Last in rules handbook, the Sons of Behemoth had a 51% win rate, but they did get a new battle tome mid-season. Since that book came out, they have been doing a lot worse than they were pre that book. And we have seen some points reductions to hopefully try to stave that off, with King Brod and the Beast Smasher both going down points. However, in the new General's Handbook, they don't have access to Gleeson champions or sharpshoot units, and their book tactics are okay at best. So I don't predict a particularly healthy future for the Sons of Behemoth army. Okay, so that was just a quick pass through a load of the different points changes, and there's still loads to talk about with this General's Handbook, how these armies play in those different battle plans, how they're going to play against other armies. We've got new books releasing in Gits and Beasts of Chaos, so Age of Sigmar is looking really healthy and really good. These points changes sometimes can be quite challenging because really you're only looking at what changes for the big meta lists, and instead underneath it there'll be some secret lists and points changes that have moved around to build some new builds. Sometimes things like these point changes can feel very overwhelming, especially if you're trying to look at it through every faction and for every army. Some points will have moved around to allow that extra little unit or that battalion to work or something like that and therefore we'll get these new archetypes pop up and that's the thing I'm most excited about seeing. So if you've got a great list or a cool idea that's happened because these point changes have been out I want to know about them. Leave them in the comments and if you listen to this as a podcast then just let me know. Message me, tweet me, any of those other things. I want to know what people think about all these changes. Thanks for listening to the show. As always this show has been brought to you by people who support me on Patreon. If you'd like to go and support that'd be cool and thank you to everyone for listening and thanks for being Honest Wargamers.